We are coming to you live from our brand new, upgraded, state-of-the-art podcasting studio. This is the LaunchPod for Pomona Valley Church. This is Meredith, and we have indeed upgraded the studio, by which we mean we can actually fully extend our legs. That's right. We've gone from a closet full of clothes to a whole basement bedroom. We're living the dream. Yes, but don't worry. I'm still producing this thing using a decade-old version of GarageBand, so we haven't forgotten our roots. Minimum viable production quality. That's what we're going for here. Anyhow, welcome back to the LaunchPod. We are so glad you have joined us. We are going to be introducing some new segments to the podcast this season, But don't worry, fans of obscure reading habits, we are keeping one holdover from last season, what Curtis read this week. And we're going to start there this episode. Curtis, take it away. Yes, this week I came across an interview with a psychologist named Michael Reichert from the University of Pennsylvania who just released a book called How to Raise a Boy. Since we're working on raising two of those, I read the article. Makes sense. Yes, and among the points he makes is that norms of masculinity in our culture, you know, what a boy is quote-unquote supposed to be or do, they take root in boys from a very early age, and they have the effect of stunting their emotional awareness of themselves and of others. And I really resonated with what he had to say and found some things he was saying about the experience of many boys aligning uncomfortably closely with things I have realized over the time about myself and my own experiences growing up. Meredith and I are trying really hard to help our boys be who God made them to be, not what our culture tells them they ought to be. It's true, which is part of why Peyton has pink Minnie Mouse ears from Disneyland, because that was his choice. So I'm really interested in reading this book, and one quote from the interview that really stuck with me was when Reichert was talking about the need for parents to be able to help their boys attune to the emotions they are feeling and where those emotions are coming from, instead of parents just reacting against or trying to suppress the emotions like they're getting in the way of something. And he says, I know a lot of boys who push against their parents because they know that their parents' unconditional love means they can afford to display how angry or scared they feel with something else in their lives. They can't take it out against their teacher or peer group, but they can show their parent. I want that to be true about my relationship with Riley and Peyton, and I know I have a lot of growing to do in order to be able to be that safe place for our boys, um, that safe place for them to bring their whole selves to our relationship. So that's what I read this week. I really liked that piece myself. I'm looking forward to getting that book. One of the things I always wish in books like that when they come out is they often come from psychologists who do a lot of clinical work, and then they start to see a trend related to cultural understandings of um, talking about boys, or for a long time it was about tween girls and mean girls that a lot of resources came out. I always found myself wishing there was more resources that looked at whether that was true of boys and girls or whether it was just true of kids. Um, That extra layer is always interesting to me as well. And now for an update on our launch process. A few great things are in the works. First, we are on Instagram as at Pomona Valley Church. Do you at if we're Instagram or is it only if you're Twitter? We don't tweet, so I don't know. Pomona Valley Church on Instagram. And that's (laughs) the best place for dynamic. Our our hipness is just overwhelming. Our jeans are so skinny. And the best place um, for us to be putting out dynamic news about the church. 
We also created the launch newsletter, and you can get on that list through the link on our Instagram profile. Personally, as a family, we're in the midst of a house hunt, which is really exciting. One thing we are really looking forward to in the move is getting rooted into the community, just becoming regulars, getting embedded. The rush for a new church can be to launch as fast as possible, but we are choosing on purpose to take a beat and connect as best we can with the area. And based on the conversations we've had so far, like the one with a school board member who was also a pastor in Pomona for 20 plus years herself, we just can't wait for more. So that's where we are right now. And with that, it's time for a word from our sponsor for today's episode. This episode of The Launch Pod is brought to you by Pastor Styles. Everybody knows that the only churches that are growing with millennials these days are the ones whose pastors are on trend. But what busy pastor has time to keep up to speed with the latest looks? I certainly don't. That's why there's Pastor Styles. Their team of dedicated stylists consider it their ministry to keep you from driving away hip millennials by wearing last year's threads. Packages start at $2,000 a month because looking great is an investment in the kingdom. (laughs) And they're customizable to both your geographic region and the precise age group you are looking to reach. Because let's face it, what works for Midwestern late millennials just isn't going to cut it with California college students. Pastor Styles, because the world needs Jesus, so you need some Yeezys. That's Pastor Styles with a Z, obviously. Does Pastor Styles work with female pastors too? Yeah, I don't think so. But they did just debut their combination clothing line, nutrition, and workout plan for pastors' wives, Smoking Hot Wives. Also with a Z, obviously. Yeah, that sounds about right. Moving on. Today, we wanted to build on last episode when we talked about how the Bible offers this picture of a totally alternate way of being in the world. Because a key part of that way of being is the last part, how we move into the world representing God. There is a consistent outward-looking theme in the way the Bible talks about life as God's people. And that's summed up in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. That's that new way of being idea. And then it goes on to say, All of this is from God, who reconciled us to God's self through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making God's appeal through us. There's an identity level to what Paul's saying. We were created by God to be God's ambassadors or representatives in the world. And then, as God's ambassadors, we bring this alternate way of being into the world by being reconcilers. We bring reconciliation with us wherever we go. And when our relationship with God was damaged, God took the initiative to move towards us and to restore that relationship, to heal it. So then we, as followers of Jesus, move towards the world to help restore what's broken there. Because that's a huge part of how reconciliation happens. Someone makes the first move back towards the other. If I asked you to remember your most recent fight or moment of frustration with someone, if it calmed down or it mended, I'd bet someone made that first move in that direction. It doesn't just happen by chance. And all throughout scripture, you see this idea of humanity being God's ambassadors. We have the job of going out and bringing reconciliation wherever we go. In Genesis, we see that God's fundamental dream for the world is that all creation would be in right relationship to one another. 
God, humanity, the earth, caring for each other and flourishing together. So God creates, gets it all started, but then intentionally leaves the work incomplete. The earth needs to be filled and subdued and ruled over. And God hands that piece off to human beings. They're meant to then go out into the world caring for it, stewarding it, ruling it well together. Things didn't exactly work out that way, but the dream remains, which is why later God again takes the initiative and comes to Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 12, saying that their descendants have been chosen for a special relationship with God. They will be God's people so that they can then be a blessing to all nations. They will bring restoration and reconciliation to everyone. And many of the laws that show up in places like Leviticus... Everyone's favorite book of the Bible. Naturally. uh, They're given by God for the purpose of the people intentionally living differently from the other nations around them, because they are showing what it means to be reconciled to God and to one another. And remember, they're doing this not from the anchored position of the promised land, but while they're on the move through these other people groups. This alternate way, this way of reconciliation is being put on display. This theme shows up in the prophets, and of course, Jesus' whole life was an invitation to experience reconciliation to God and be part of life in the kingdom of God. And those who live in the kingdom work toward a reconciled reality where our sense of self is restored to know we're cherished by God, where people experience love and justice, where creation is cared for. Our vision statement at Pomona Valley Church is that we are following Jesus into the world together. You can't follow Jesus without going into the world Jesus loves. We have seen some missed attempts on this thing over the years. Yeah, some churches are highly antagonistic towards the world or some churches are so insular like a little country club that they just don't really care about who's outside their little circle. Even churches that say they get this show it in sometimes odd ways, like the one where they host these big concerts at the church with a musician that you only know if you already do the church thing. Right. And then it gets called outreach. But um, I've been there sometimes checking in new families and there are all these new people on the Saturday night service because on Sunday they still plan to attend their own churches. They just really liked the band. So the room's full of members of all the other churches in town, which is fine. But it's not really out or so much reaching people who need to experience reconciliation. Or if you have a church that's collapsed the gospel into get a ticket to heaven which we talked about in the first season, in episode three. But they don't talk much about all the other forms of reconciliation this world needs. Or on the other hand, you have churches that really get focused on people who have been marginalized experiencing reconciliation within their communities, but they don't say much about what Jesus has to do with it all or how a person's reconciliation with God matters in addition to that earthly good. In a lot of these situations, the U.S. church's approach has been less about moving towards the world to pursue the messy, powerful, desperately needed work of reconciliation, and more about putting on a program for the world, convincing people in the world of a belief system, or getting people involved in working for justice. And this is really important that we in the church have been responding programmatically to something that's fundamentally relational. We have had an orientation of attracting the world to come to us. But what's basically communicated is, hey, you sinner, you move first. Come join us. 
We've put on our fair share of programs in the past, and we find ourselves wondering, what if at Pomona Valley Church we focused more on becoming people who are equipped to go out into the world bringing reconciliation with us in our jobs, schools, families, friendships, in our listening and voting and volunteering and advocacy? What if we looked for people and systems that were broken, hurting, disconnected, and tried to engage in healing, forgiveness, and restoration? What if we celebrated the slow, messy growth of people experiencing reconciliation to God, themselves, and those around them? If we are looking to help every part of creation flourish, that's the gospel. Probably my favorite story that Jesus tells is one about a son who runs away from his father. His donkey weighed down with as much of his dad's money as it can carry. The boy has trampled his relationship with his dad into the dust. Of course, the money doesn't last, and the desperate son decides to crawl back to his old house. And a lot of Christians interpret this as the boy deciding to come back home, as if the boy is taking initiative to restore the relationship. But what the boy is looking for isn't reconciliation. It isn't a restoration of the relationship he had trampled. He can't even imagine that his father would ever take that road. What the boy is looking to be is a slave. And then if you know the story, you know what happens next. The father who every day scans the horizon for a glimpse of his lost son finally one day sees him, hitches up his robe and runs to the boy, to his boy. The son wanted slavery because he couldn't imagine anything more than that. But the father dreamed of reconciliation. That's God's dream for the world. That we would do what the father in the story does and run towards those who couldn't even dream of reconciliation, who long since gave up hope that that could even be a thing that happened, who've lost track of what having reconciled relationships with God or with other people or with the world even means. We follow Jesus by being the ones who move, rather than waiting for the world to move toward us. The world is desperate for reconciliation in so many ways, and we want to see those hard, painful things hitch up our robes and say, we're running in. That's where we're going to wrap up for today. We'd love to hear from you at our email address, pomonavalleychurch at gmail.com. You can find show notes over at my blog, MeredithAnnMiller.com, and you can now find us on Instagram at Pomona Valley Church. If you can rate, review, or share the podcast, it'd be so helpful and we'd be so grateful. Until next time, we love you all. Bye. Bye. Bye.